podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily brought to you by Paddy Power. A bookie's a website and an app. If you gamble, please gamble responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. Tonight's show, myself, Matt and Keith will be looking at three players, three former Liverpool players. We're going to look at them, their arrival at the club, their influence on the club, their progression throughout the club. The best bits and, of course, their departures. And would you have them back? Do you like them? Do you hate them? That's what it's all about tonight. And here we go. As many of you would see on our Twitter timeline, we have picked three players for tonight. They are Raheem Sterling, Fernando Torres and Luis Suarez. Matt and Keith are with me and I think this one is going to be really interesting. I'm being honest with you because I have a feeling, um, I have a feeling there might be mixed reactions to this one from the lads. But Matt, I'll come to you first. Welcome back. We haven't spoken in a little while. How are you? I'm all right, Gavala. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so the way this is going to work is we have the three players. Um, they arrived at different stages of the career um, at Liverpool. They had big influence on the side. They had great moments. They all exited in under a cloud, let's say. But we all kind of have different and, you know, varying opinions on them as to would you have them back? Do you like or hate them? So I'll start with you and we'll start with Raheem Sterling, Matt. He he, he comes from QPR. Yeah, so you're setting out just all very quick there, but he comes. He comes from QPR. I think the Liverpool pay a good few quid from. He's in. He's yeah. in the youth sides, and he's he's absolutely flying. He's 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 player of the bleeding week every week, and he gets his chance in the first team. What did you make of him from a very young age, man? I don't know. I don't, I don't think anyone can really comment that much on him unless you you graze and pretend. Uh, yeah, no, I don't yeah. reckon anyone had Fair heard point. of him much before he came to us. We probably read a, a few reports going about maybe some some little scouting websites or something like that, but it's not like anyone saw him or anyone wanted him before he came. He's just one of them where he would have came, he watched a few YouTube clips, and then uh, you, you listen to the, what the people in the um, in the youth development say about him and you go off that really. Uh, so I, I, I literally had no... Uh, no comment on him when he arrived. Sorry, that's all I got. That's okay, Matt. That's okay. You're 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 three bottles of wine in, and that's fairly very very understandable. Keith, as a young as a young player, Matt Roy, you know, he, he arrives from QPR. He, he does. He, he commands a fee. Liverpool have to pay from, and you know, going back, what's it, seven eight years ago now? Was it in around that when he probably arrives at Liverpool? You know, you are getting snippets of what this young lad is about or underage level. And there was calls from then very quickly to be brought into the force team. Did you know Antonovan before he came into the force team? Did you read up about him? Did you follow him, track him? Or was it literally when he arrived in the force team, you went, oh, let's have a look at him and then talk. He's quite impressive. Yeah, well, we'd heard about him, as as Matt touched on there, you know, the youth performances. And uh, it's actually 10 years ago we signed him, 2010. Okay. Um, but he was only 15 at the time, uh, half a million, I think it was. But there was a lot of hype about him at QPR. Um, and we he came to ourselves and he was he was tearing up in the youth teams and that. And you always, you take some of that with a pinch of salt. I mean, Christian Nemeth used to tear it up in the, the youth teams. Adam Morgan used to tear it up in the youth teams. You know what I mean? Like it's, you'll, you'll have, you won't put too much faith or stock in that but. The, the word coming out about Sterling is very was very similar to when Trent started coming through, um, that he had a bit of a gem there. So you are sort of interested, but still a bit sceptical about it. And when he came into the team then, he looked very raw. He looked small and slow. He still, still is quite, you know, he didn't, hasn't grown, you know, he's filled out, obviously, over the years. But... Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what to expect from him, but he was an exciting player, and he ran like a weirdo. You know, his run is very <laughs> strange, isn't yeah. it? He's got that stupid duck, duck arse, and the hands come out very weird running style. But I liked him, and I liked the hype about him, and I got swept up in it a bit. Do you know what I mean? Now I know Matt's laid a stall out early on him. Um, 
I don't know. You know, it, uh, I, I'm always the three players we're going to talk about. I think you know have different will mean different things to different people, but their exits as well will taint them in a certain way, which might overshadow what the actual whether you take them back or not. You know what I mean? So Sterling, he was quite yeah exciting, but once beaten twice, shy at that time. I remember thinking. Yeah, absolutely, and like the first when I when I think back to Sterling without without looking at stats or you know debuts or anything else, the first time he kind of apart from his football ability, Matt, the first time his name kind of comes up in lights, I suppose, is he's on tour with, with Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers, and as you know, this being Liverpool video uh, or or series that they do and he gets himself in a bit of bother there doesn't he because he's I don't know whether he's talking while people are, are trying to explain something yeah so it, it, were you looking remember. at that yeah no I remember, I remember the whole thing but are you looking at that already thinking you know the way people say now like oh, well he's not a club player because he doesn't have the 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 mental ability to play or he doesn't have the, the want to go and do this or that for his teammates could have, could people have looked at that at that stage and thought, ah, oh, look, big-headed, you know, not even listen to managers. He's, you know, way above the station. Could could have could have ran that way with some people for him. Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's obviously going to be people like that. Um, for me, uh, I I disagree. I think he'd be a perfect Klopp player. Uh, the the mental side of it and anything like that is is what Klopp thrives on, and he will get the best out of him no matter what. His actual physical attributes are the the epitome of what Klopp would want in that position, I I think, my personal opinion. Um, uh, he's strong. He, he's got a very good core strength. He can keep hold people off the ball. He can run all day. Um, he, he's very clever with his runs as well, which is perfect for Klopp and how we play in our front three. So for me, I think he would have been perfect uh, Klopp player. The fact that he's maybe said something in training, you don't know, it's, it's pretty early in Rodgers' career. He might have been just trying to pick on a young guy to... Uh, put himself in a more elevated position with the yeah. the team. It, it, yeah, I mean, we are, we are grasping there, but it's the type of thing that Brendan would do. Um, it, it, at that time, Sterling was maybe at the one the best player in the academy. So yeah, maybe he did have a big head. I don't actually mind the best players having big heads because they deserve it. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're the fucking best. They're, you yeah, look at I mean, some some of the players like Cantona, Zidane and all that. They didn't just sit back and be quiet. The the dickheads, all of them, um, and and that's what you want because they're the best players. And the other side of that as well, Matt. You wouldn't want you know the best player in the academy to go in and then just shit himself when he's around the first team or you know not be able to express themselves. I think the top players, without going over the top, will be able to mix it with the the older fellas. And I agree with you. I think there was a bit of Rogers. New cameras were on him and all and. Was was probably yeah, looking to make a point, you know, and without having a dig at Rogers, you know what I mean. But he, nah, that is it, his personality, you know that that's his type. Um, and I think, yeah, it was maybe a bit blown out of proportion. Well, look, he, he goes on and he makes his debut in March two thousand and twelve, which would have been under Kenny Daglish, if I remember right. And you yeah. know, there was a buzz about him. There's no doubt about it. From 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 youth ranks right through, he, he gets his he gets his debut, and Rogers comes in, and you know, under in, if I remember right, under the fourth season of Rogers, I don't know how much he figures, but the one the one that comes to to mind for me, Matt, is thirteen fourteen. Now a lot of people remember Sterling for thirteen fourteen as part of this front three with Suarez and Sturridge, and they go what eleven, twelve, thirteen games or whatever it is um, from from New Year. That year, right, right through to the whatever second tour last game of the season. But there was one Matt, I don't know if you remember it that were away at Hull, and we get beaten. I think we get beaten two 0 And Sterling starts, and he's atrocious. And I remember calls after that. Oh, he'll never make it at Liverpool. He just won't make it. Look, he's not physical enough. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. The pitch wasn't great. They were physical, and and he couldn't stand up to it. Can you remember that game, Matt? No. You can't. I knew you couldn't. But, but, <laughs> but, but I'll talk about it anyway. It no, no, like, no. You, you don't have to do what Grizz does. You don't have to. No, do go on. I'll pretend I saw it. No, it, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. Well. What I'm you saying is like on the on the race. Yeah. Go on. Go on. <laughs> nah, I'll just jump in quickly. The problem with uh, a lot of our fans is they base their entire opinion on what happened in the last two days. So if he's had a bad game, he's not going to make it. If he scores a goal, he's the best thing ever. 
Um, we I like to think that more sensible Liverpool fans will take themselves out of that and look at his opinion over the. I mean, his uh, performances over the last six months or however he's progressing through the academy and uh, say, yeah, okay, this guy's got it. Maybe he just needs a bit more coaching. Yeah, Keith, I think, you know, he does have a bad game. Now, listen, most of them have a bad game on that day. But, you know, it's one of those where people did kind of write him off. It probably came at the right time for him, though, because when we turn into the new year, he you remember the 5-1 against Arsenal and I think we're I think we're about 8 points behind Arsenal going into that game it might be a little bit more I think the win might bring us to within 8 points of him but he's electric that day you know he's, he yeah. scores twice and that's the birth of this you know <coughs> front three as they call it you know and Sterling was playing off the left Suarez was drifting right Sturridge was drifting where he wanted somebody else will go up front and he tore Arsenal apart that day he gets what it's happening at the back post and then he gets a rebound off his own shot in the second half in front of the cop um, but that was the birth of him that was the real birth of him Keith that was when he just he seemed to complement these two really good like Suarez was out with his world but Sturridge, Sturridge was just on top form at the time and this young lad with electrifying pace and, and an intelligence to play with these two from that day, you went. No, this is something special. That's the day I kind of went. No, he's he's the business. This fella. Yeah, I agree. I think I remember the whole game, and he was fucking brutal in it. And I think a lot of the calls to say he's not going to make it. He hadn't been great, so he broke into the team um, the year before. Was what had showed flashes, but then the first half of this season, he was a bit inconsistent and people are like, no, no, he's not going to make it. That game at home was muck. I think Victor Moses was on one side, he was on the other. It was dreadful. And, uh, yeah, Roy, that was sort of, Roy, this fella's no use, blah, blah, blah. And then they came back and they just went on that run and it was only the second half of that one season. You know what I mean? Like, you do, you talk about the grey front three and they only had like, whatever, 18 games together to do this you know what I mean it was it was a it was a special second half of the season by Sterling and the thing about him I always found very intelligent and very adaptable very you know I know he didn't like moving position I know Brendan had him playing as a wing back and all that sort of carry on but he was able to do it because he was tactically very good do you know what I mean he was Mm. tactically he was able to play them positions. He was able to take on instruction. And I think that's his biggest... Um, he was just lucky Markovic got injured so he could play. Well, that's it. That's it, <laughs> yeah. Season, you should, yeah. should thank, thank Markovic <laughs> back to the future job. But... You know, you know, like we see throughout this run, he, I remember Norwich away, he's really, really good. Um, you know, there's loads of games where they're, they're all really good because they're winning games left, right and centre. But... I was looking at that season, Matt, and I know like it goes down to the second last game or the last game or whatever way it goes. We all know how it goes, right? But yeah. I'm looking at that, Matt, and I'm thinking to myself, brilliant run. If, you know, going into that summer, are, are, are you thinking, if we can just add one or two more here, because we were running on 13, 14 players max, Matt. Um, if, were you thinking that that summer before everything kind of went mental? We'll add one or two, and with these front three up, up front, we can we can go anywhere we want. Yeah, I I didn't think Suarez would stay. As soon as um, Barca started flirting with him, mm. I, I knew that was it. Um, I thought he was going <clears throat> and it was going to be difficult. I wasn't confident in Rodgers as a manager. I mean, I think he's very, very good as a coach, mm. but I wasn't confident with him as a manager, mm. uh, transfers and, and, and that side of things. So, unlike a lot different than it is now where I see every season as a progression, especially last season. Then I, I felt it was more like 2009 where it was all or nothing. Yeah. And, and this was it. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't think big things in the summer, especially because yeah. we were already getting linked with people and I didn't fancy anyone we were getting linked with. Yeah. Fucking Ricky Lambert or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We get onto that season now in a minute, but <laughs> Owen Bork says he was very good for the majority of that season and still had tons to learn. Uh, he was, pity he was badly advised because he'd love to see him under Klopp. Barry Carr says that storage, 
uh, for him was in line to overtake Fowler goal, goals-wise, but injury absolutely wrecked that dream. Chris Prack says, um, not counting the Cup 13-14 was special. He played a load of positions. We went down to 10 with injuries, and he played all of extra time right back and wing. Um, yeah, I do remember that, and that happens a little bit more going into next season for, for different reasons. He also says Sterling's goal at home to City in 13-14 was brilliant. That is a good one, Keith. That's the one where there's a the quick free kick is played, and he he uh, yeah he, he he sends Joe Hart literally still looking Joe Hart yeah, yeah. Uh, he says it was one of the coolest finishes he's ever seen in front of the cop um, yeah it was a great finish it, it really it really was um, but you know that season ends Keith and we go into we go into fourteen fifteen and it all starts to collapse like as Matt says Barcelona are doing that Barcelona thing on Suarez he's a South American his dream well now in fairness uh, we get on to him later but you know the dream of playing like I have I have massive issues with Luis Suarez but we'll get on to that in a little bit in a little while Um, well simply uh, the, the reasons being is because he's looked upon differently to other people that have left the club and he's probably done as bad as these as these people and he's not kind of treated like that. But you know, Suarez is gone, Sterling is looking around, Sturridge gets injured early on in the season, Hodgson fucks him on international duty um by playing him when he shouldn't and not even giving him the training regime that he should yeah, that Liverpool have asked for. And That's and it's, it's all over the shop. Balotelli arrives. Doesn't Balotelli arrive? Um, Balotelli does Balotelli yeah. arrives, Ricky Lambert arrives, Markovic arrives, Emre Jan arrives um, you know, does Lalana is in there? But I felt I'm gonna put out to you, Keith. I felt sorry for Raheem Sterling in fourteen, fifteen, and the reason yeah. being, he was thrown from pillar to post on this side, and as a young eighteen-year-old or wherever he was, everything kind of got pinned on him. After half a season being really, really good, everything got pinned on him. He was being asked to play right back, left, left wing. Um, in the 10, he was asked to play wide. He was even played up front at stages. I felt sorry for him in 14, 15. Yeah, it was too much pressure put on him. And it was just, that season was just a disaster. You know what I mean? We got the money for Suarez. We got fuck off from when you think about it. But I suppose we can talk about him in a while. But we didn't reinvest well. We brought in players like Lambert, Balotelli. And... The storage thing, I think, was the killer that season. Storage, Balotelli plays the first game against Spurs. Storage is up front. Run. They look like they were decent together. Then he gets injured. So then Balotelli is like a lost sheep. And then everything is on Sterling. The whole pressure is on him. He's playing here. He's playing there. He's playing everywhere. And it didn't help his development at all. And the way he left the club... It, in some way, you can't really blame him in some ways. Not the way he left. The, the, sorry, the way he left was, we'll talk about that in a minute, but you can't really blame him for thinking this is a basket case here and this isn't for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm being played and doing too much here for a 20-year-old or whatever he was at that stage. So I can start to understand him getting frustrated. Matt, he, he, he definitely cuts a frustrated figure throughout 14, 15 because, like I said, everything's being pinned on him. He's a young lad. You know, he's looking around him and he's gone from he's gone from Suarez and Sturridge to, you know, Ricky Lambert and, and all sorts of messing. Is it unfair for us to criticize him if if he was thinking at this stage, like Keith says, this is going off the rails here and he spotted it very early? No, I agree with Keith. Um he's he was number one, he's badly advised on the way he'd done it. But if we're not going to talk about that yet, he, he's right to be looking elsewhere. For yeah. a young lad of his talents uh, and, and, and ha- getting made to do as much as he's, he was, he was he should have been slowly integrated into the team, even though he played a lot of games the year before, still not, not every single game. And he was, as you say, relied upon for every game because we, we bought badly. And I think at that point, the actual... Uh, the the atmosphere within the club behind the scenes was quite toxic as well. Uh, so not only are we looking at on the pitch stuff, which was fancy, you have to think about within the club. There's Rogers fighting against the recruitment staff. Uh, they, there's players that Rogers brought and is not turned out right. Uh, you can you can hear about all these little arguments going on, and that toxicity goes through to the players as well. And he's got to think, all right, I've got a club here. 
uh, Man City or whoever who would have been talking to him in the summer. There's no point, no point trying to deny that. He's got a club, Man City, with all this money, um, looking at buying him. Great managers, uh, and they're saying, "Look, we've got good setup. We've got it all right here. You're not, you won't be relied upon. You'll be part of the team. Why wouldn't you look at that? He's not a Liverpool. Uh, he's not a scouser. Yeah, absolutely. You'd look at that. I blame." I blame Liverpool and the manager manager for his departure more than I blame him. Well, Jonathan O'Donny, who says one poor <clears> season, then he jumped ship. Um, you know, we get we get to that in a minute. I, I, <clears> I, I think it's, no, no, no. I think it's more than a poor season, though. As I was saying, it's, there's, there was so much going on at the club at that time. Yeah, even even the fans were like, "Oh, fuck it." If we're like that, then and we've supported Liverpool all our life, then why wouldn't yeah. A lad from London who's got a better off on the table think like that as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right in what you're saying. There was a lot going on at the club. I think, you know, like we come second in the league last year and we win a European Cup, right? And I'm I'm saying I, I'm saying during the summer, let's strengthen from a position of strength, right? That that's where I was at. And then, you know, you're proof I'm proved totally wrong because Klopp just stays with what he has, signs a big Ginger fella from Holland, a 16 year old fella uh, from Fulham, and uh, a goalkeeper that was hanging around his gaff um, when we needed the keeper. But at this stage, you know, people knew, like you hear this saying, it was built on sand. And I think the likes of Sterling or or or, or even the likes of Gerard, you know, and he's he's looking around, going, "We do need to strengthen, but we need to strengthen properly." And I think the transfers <coughs> would alarm anyone. You know, now at the time people were saying he's a good player, he's a good, player. and they are decent players. But I think uh, people within the club, like Gerard, famously tells people that when when a player joins, he knows we're in the first training session whether he's going to make it or not. I'm sure Gerard is looking at half of these coming in, going not a bleeding chance. And I think Sterling is, you know, despite the stuff that's gone on in his personal life and you know, um, the way the papers hound him, um, morning, noon, and night, he's a, he's a pretty intelligent young man. So I'd say he is looking at it and he's saying to himself, "This is going wrong." This is definitely going wrong. Now, don't get don't don't get me wrong. He's he's being badly advised that that's without a doubt. But he, surely anyone there is looking, going, look how good we were, and look at these players in here. And he knows from passing the ball to a player or making a run and it doesn't happen. Look, this is just this just is not right. But he goes from a brilliant thirteen fourteen. He goes to is it the Euros? Is it the two thousand the World Cup? The World Cup two thousand fourteen. Yeah. England play Italy. Am I right? And yeah. he nearly scores her in a minute. He goes on a brilliant run. He, you know, he goes from all that to, to, to this by the end of the season. But getting on to the departure and Keith, we, we've all said it. He's badly, um, sorry, somebody's asking there, how's the weather in Dubai? Ask, um, or Abu Dhabi. Uh, they're asking Matt. He wouldn't know he's in Liverpool. He went home to visit family and now they won't let him out. Um, so he's stuck there. So, um, he doesn't know what the weather's like. Hot. But, um, it, it's hot, apparently. Um, Matt's going out on a limb to say it's hot. Uh, but looking at the departure, Keith, you know, I think there's a fair, fair point to say that the club, the manager probably did things wrong. I think he was badly advised, but, for me, Keith, the biggest thing is he done an interview with the BBC that was not sanctioned. Yeah. He went out and done it. And no matter how bad the club is or how badly I'm being advised, I've just said he's, a, he's an intelligent young man. He let his emotions and probably money or, or his will to get out of that club take over by doing something like that, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, I put it down to the agent and... Um... I think a bad agent Absolutely. or a good agent, some of them will say, you know, he'll say he got him his move and he got him a pay rise and he got him league titles, all this stuff. But a, a bad agent will advise that client to do that. We saw it with Bobby Duncan in the summer as well, the carry on out with his agent. And AD Ward always strikes me like that as well. He's one that, it was dirty tricks. It was very amateurish. Do you know what I mean? Like the... The top agents don't sort of really get their players to do that shit. They can do it themselves. They can drop little hints and, you know, but what? Yeah, getting Sterling. Would, yeah. would, would, you, would you expect any of that shit to happen now that Klopp's in charge? No. Well, I think... I think I just know it wouldn't. I think it was attempted with Coutinho. You know, yeah, and I think I think that was straight away. Well, well, you you see, if you go back to it and think about it, he tried to get out in the summer. He was claiming back problems, and listen, Klopp could have they could have just intimidated Klopp to the point where he went right, take what you can. Klopp didn't. 
and said, no. Well, it's, see, I, 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 I haven't got any problem. Yeah, you know I, I mean? think Klopp wanted him yeah. out then. Yeah, yeah but I see, think Klopp wanted him out. And yeah, that, but, yeah, but the yeah. thing is... Edward said, look, keep all of FSG, we'll FSG came out, didn't they? FSG go. came out like a light and said, no, we're not selling them under any Well, I reckon Edward said, we'll get more from him if you hold on to him. Yes, correct. Look how much we got. But he wasn't intimidated, is what I'm trying to say. The club wasn't intimidated. You no, know, not. I think they learned their lesson from this one. And I agree with what Matt said. This was all down to Liverpool. You know, we didn't give offer him a new contract. He was he was 19 or whatever. He was got to go into the World Cup. He was becoming such an important player in the team for us. And they were just letting the contract run. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to nearly sit them down and say, look, we value you here. We think you're this. This is what we want to offer you and tie them down. We mightn't like it, you know what I mean, after one or two seasons. But at the end of the day, when you have a player of that quality, you have to do more to keep them than what Liverpool were doing. They were letting the, they were letting the ship sink. I mean, this was... Some people really rate Rodgers and Matt, touched, Matt was spot on there. A great coach, not a great manager. And we were a bit of a basket case at that stage. FSG were learning on the job. Uh, they've got better. But it really was a sinking ship. So he, he wanted to get out, but it went about it totally the wrong way, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, all the players we're going to talk about done similar, you know. But as you say, some are held in different esteem. I think out of three days, Sterling is regarded as the worst for his exit. Well, I think I think the thing with Sterling is, is that you mentioned, you, you say it right, you know, he has a contract. I, I don't know how long he's left in the contract coming into the summer of 2015. But having watched Sterling for the back end of 2014 and probably watching him in the first half of 2014-15 when you're literally pinning a, pinning a squad's or a team's ability to win games on this young lad, the club themselves should have been going in January and saying, yeah. listen, we find we you are our hope now. You know, you are yeah, a big hope. You're the diamond. You, yeah, yes. you're 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 the big hope now. Um Gerard, you know, it's, it's his last season, isn't it? He's on his he's on his way out. Yeah. Um, you know, you you're the you're the you're the face of Liverpool Football Club now and we want to reward you with that. And that was thrown at Liverpool when things broke down to, as the summer approached or when the summer was there that look, they didn't do enough, they didn't offer him a contract, and they probably should have. But because the contract thing was an on running mm-hmm. um issue and Sterling was on X amount, and people knew where he was on, and obviously Man City and the likes are looking, and and cl- clubs, foreign clubs as well, looking. The the money thing was thrown at him, you know. The money thing was yeah. thrown at him, and it, it won't ever go away from him. You know, you've seen him linked with Liverpool this week by the keep and Liverpool, he's, yeah. Liverpool are in his heart and stuff like that. I can never see Raheem Sterling being back at Liverpool under any circumstance. No, Klopp would never accept. That. I I don't think so. And even though it was Rogers that under he left, but. You know, he left under FSG as owners. They see what happened. I now don't get me wrong. Klopp could turn around and say, "I love him." The, the deal, the deal can be done. Do it. FSG yeah. might go and do that, but I think too much water's gone under that bridge to, for, or too many bridges are being burned. I suppose for for that to for that but to walk out. But you say that one goal and it's all forgotten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Like a bit like the 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 performance as a whole. And he, he wasn't going to yeah. make it. You know, if Sterling, if Sterling comes back and, you know, to start of next season, we play United in the second game of the season at Old Trafford and he scores a hat-trick, uh, it's all forgotten. You know, that kind of way. Um, exactly. Very fickle. You know, it's 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 one of those. So, lads, the final question on, on Sterling is, um, I suppose, A, do you, do you love him or hate him? And B, would you take him back in this side? If, you know, we all we all think it never happened. But on a, in a footballing sense... Do you love and hate him or hate him or would you take him back? So, Keith, I'll go to you first. Um, I'm controversial. I would, I love him. I take him back. Okay. And Matt? Um, he plays for City, so I couldn't give a G. Um, I'll take him back. I think he's perfect. Okay. Yes. All right. And you take him back, you think he's perfect. Do you love him or hate him? No, nah, I don't give a shit about him. Yeah, don't okay. care. Okay, the more brilliant footballers you can have, the better. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. I think he'd be perfect in the squad to, if Bobby was moved on as a as a striker rather. Than don't him. you even? Yeah, don't go but there. The, I know. What, genuinely, you know, if Bobby was Matt, being, still getting yeah, old. Yeah, no, I heard what you said. Matt, I love Bobby. Bobby's my favourite player in the squad, but I just mean, you know, a lot of miles in the legs. I think if they were looking for a forward that could go in there. I think Sterling would be an ideal replacement. 
Yeah, but you see, the thing is, Matt's still only getting over the loss of Moreno, um, which is which was huge for him. Uh, Stephen O'Connor says, uh, not a chance he would come back, and no way City would make a rival stronger. It doesn't happen. Um, Avo says, Roger struck lucky with the front three and Gerard when Suarez left the holes in his game plan were exposed. Sterling uh, got onto it and bailed. You can't blame him, but I still hate him. Fair enough. Uh, love Sterling at Liverpool and would have him back, says Chris, uh, but he hates the way he left. Um yeah, let me sums see. it up there perfect. I let think. me see. Uh, <laughs> we don't score pullback fair post tap in, so Sterling is goose, says John, Jonathan Dunne, who, uh We actually have bets in uh, the WhatsApp group as to how many minutes it will take for Sterling to score at the back post. <laughs> um, he'd ra- Stephen O'Connor would rather have Sancho and uh, take him back, no doubt. Uh, raw pace scouser at heart, says Dylan O'Rourke. I'm not too sure about that. We move on to our next player, and the next player is Fernando Torres. And Fernando Torres uh, signs for Liverpool in the summer of 2007 um, for a record fee at the time from Atletico Madrid. There was the whole thing around and having you never walk alone on his armband. He was looked at by different European clubs, but uh, they didn't really, they didn't really uh, pull the trigger on him, and Liverpool did under Rafa Benitez. Matt, he arrives at Liverpool on... It was proper fanfare. It was proper excitement, this one, wasn't it? Ah, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. We were in a very good time of um, supporting Liverpool as well, as, as supporters. Um, things were looking good. Benitez was in charge. We are getting all these Spanish sensations. And this beautiful young player comes. Uh, Torres, I absolutely adored him. He was my first proper, other than Gerard, which is the obvious one, proper love as a player. Um, he was also the last player to break my heart when he left. After he left, 100%. I, I, 100%. I gave up. I gave up giving a shit about players after he left. I thought if he can if he can do that to us and go to Chelsea, that's it. I'm, I'm not I'm not getting invested in anyone again until Bobby Firmino comes along, of course. Um, yeah, this one had the big fanfare. This one everyone knew about. Everyone was excited. Um, it, it was amazing. It was an amazing time to be a Liverpool fan. Really enjoyed it. Loads of people are straight in here with with a love for um, with the love for uh, Fernando Torres. Uh, Torres leaving was worse, says Chris. He was the last idol I had who broke my heart when he left for Chelsea. Um, Chris is probably Matt Alderiga. I don't know. Uh, Barry says Torres broke my heart going to them. I can't say that word, uh, especially was top, top class. Uh, first ever game went to versus Blackboard, most dominant player in Australia I've ever seen since the Rook. And, um, are we not allowed to uh, Well, we are now. Uh, okay. Torres was, uh, well, usually what happens when we say things like that, we just get marked as explicit and nobody's allowed to watch our videos. <laughs> That's basically what happens. Um, Torres was so amazing for us as Chris Pace, power and clinical. He makes his debut um, away at Aston Villa in that game, I think, where Gerrard scores a late free kick to win it 2-1 for us. Um, but he really explodes on the scene against Chelsea at home at Anfield in the second game of the season, Keith. And it's tell Ben O'Heim that he just absolutely floats past as if he's not there and a lovely finish into the corner. And the love affair starts there because that season he is just unfucking believable Yeah, he was, uh, I agree with everything Matt just said there as well. Torres, for me, was the one that broke my heart. And he was, we were a good team back then. We'd won the European Cup quite fluently in Istanbul, but Rafa was trying to build and build. And with Torres was the, the, we were building towards Torres. He was the one, he was the up and coming superstar. We got him at the right time, everything about him, the size of him, the physique, the track record that he had. He wasn't some bum coming to us. He was the hometown hero of Atletico. He was the one. And that goal against Chelsea, he absolutely marmalade Tal ben uh, You'd love to see it. You know, you'd love to see it. I was in Spain watching that one and um, the place went absolute uproar. Everyone was a Liverpool fan team and the one or two Chelsea jerseys floating about. But, Everyone was going mad because they knew you just knew it was something special. You knew he, he was the touch of class that, to be honest, we hadn't seen, you know, in since God knows when. You know, Robbie Fowler maybe was the last one really that that had what Torres had. I know Mike alone is very underrated by some people, but this was different. This was the magic, the power, the pace. This was everything. He was the one now that really. I agree. The last one I was really, I gave me heart up to Torres, and uh, ever since then I, I've been weary about 
loving it ever since. He was he was sensational, and people are going on about the goals he scores against Blackburn in 08-09 um, at the Anfield Road end, Van Basten-esque, uh, they're calling it. Uh, Barry says Torres' ability to slow down a player and then burst past him was unreal. Yeah. Uh, Stephen says Torres was just pure class. The season we signed him, um, his mate had given him a season ticket, which was brilliant, uh, so he landed on his feet. Stephen... Uh, Avo says he was the spark that made me fall in love with the game again after Hillsborough. But when he left, that broke uh, the fate. Klopp has restored it again. Uh, Chris says Torres was perfect for the Rafa team. Finally had a clinical pace option to work with Rafa's solid base. Uh, Dan Tomo says, think Torres broke everyone's heart. A special player. Loved him. Ma, he was sensational. Um, like, like 2007-2008 was just one of those seasons where he was scoring goals. Now, they weren't brilliant goals. Like th- There was brilliant goals, but th- all the goals he was scoring, you were literally laughing your head off and shaking your head going, can this fella do any more? Like, there's one against Middlesbrough, I think he gets a hat-trick. Middlesbrough, go t- I think they go ahead twice in the game. And Torres uh, smashes one in about 25 yards. He goes around the keeper, and a defender tries to take his legs off him and scores, and then he nicks one on, on the break where there's a mix-up, and he gets between keeper and defender. And... and taps her in the goal but that day even like all the diff- he was walking he was getting stuck in he was he had everything Matt didn't he because he was quick he was physical he was decent in the air he had a good finish on him he had a great strike on him he had a lot didn't he yeah he was perfect he was absolutely perfect as a striker to play in that system he was like he was our dog but he was what we were crying out for he was he, the perfect front man he could run off uh, he was strong, powerful. He had a shot from outside. He had great finishing inside. Um, and it, it was just absolutely amazing. We hadn't had a, a good strike like that for, for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just it's just everything that the club needed at that time. And he scored every type of goal as well. He was banging them in from outside. He was chipping them over the keeper, he was bullying defenders. I always just remember him bullying Vidic every time he played them. And just pushed them to the ground and all sorts. It was amazing. He that season, I think, is the I don't know if it still stands, but at the time it was the most goals by a foreign player in the Premier League in their debut season. And the last goal he gets in that season is away at Spurs, where I it might have been Dawson or whoever he goes past, but he just <coughs> just bores past him and just nicks it past the keeper, and you're like. You just couldn't wait. Like it was a decent season by Liverpool, but you couldn't wait to get going the next season, Keith, because you thought a season under his belt. Next season, he's just going to tear the place apart. Yeah, it was it was unreal. I mean, the the goals for that season, he he got twenty four in the league in thirty three games. He got in all competitions thirty three and forty six. Like he was he was electric that year. And you're right, it was next season. You're saying right, this fella is just. You know, we're building something here. Um, this, you know, we're really going to push on if we can get players in around. We have to, Gerard at his peak back then as well. And the connection that Gerard and Torres had meant, right, you've got this now. We weren't only a one man team anymore. Remember the days of Gerard? Mm. Gerard stinks it out. We're fucked. Like, this was, we've got two actually, you know, world to come win a game on that day. But it just, goes down not that it goes downhill I think <clears throat> nearly the worst injury period of his career is where those then yeah. after that you know it's he, he has 244 games under his belt before he signs for us mm. and he's only something like 23 when we get him yeah that's a lot of miles in his legs he scores a, he scores something like 80 goals in 130 games for Liverpool but the yeah. funny thing is 2008-9 Matt you know that's the season we we go close to winning the title again, and I'd argue that it's his it's it's his um <clears throat> his absence for in fourteen league games. He's absent yeah. for fourteen league games, which is you know it's a tour of the season. It's more than a tour of the season. I'd argue, Matt, that 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 absence over them period of games or that amount of games is probably what stops us from winning the league. Nah, we had in Gog. Yeah, but that's my second point. That's why we didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just at that point, um, I think the performances on the pitch were masking how bad the club was in, mm. how bad the state the club was in. Uh, we had no money. Mm. We had no money to buy players. We had no money for wages. There was there was arguing. It was it was worse than any time under FSG, like 30, 40s yeah. or anything like that. It was absolutely terrible. You hear about. 
Gareth Barry coming in to replace Alonso and all stuff like this is absolutely terrible. It's just disgusting to hear. And the performances were hiding it because on the pitch we were doing well. So we didn't have a backup. You have a backup for a player, even if he's like 75% what he is or a, a young, very good prospect, then it's okay. But we had Ngog, man. What did you do? Yeah. It's Didn't a, Crouchy say or something that he wishes he'd have stayed on and even played behind Torres? That I think Crouch was moved on, was he early enough when Torres signed and yeah. Bellamy as well? And the, oh, both Bellamy of them have perfect. said, I think both of them have said like that they wish they'd have they'd have stayed because they thought right like, Torres comes in, that's it for me. But there would have been there was a lot of games still to be had, and they could have played with the they could have got games here and there, you know. And I think both of them realised that they maybe missed an opportunity. Bellamy would have been perfect and we'll go on when he does eventually leave us, Torres, the thoughts of him and Suarez together was just bleeding mouth-watering. Do you know what I mean? But it wasn't the big. Mm. Where, yeah. does, where does he stand, Matt, for you in, in the all-time list of, of Liverpool strikers that you've seen? My my age group, like. Yeah. Um, for what you've seen, where does he stand for you? Ah, it's tough. Maybe three. Okay. I, I mean, what what we're judging on here? My fondness of him or his actual ability? Yeah, a bit of both. Whatever, whatever, whatever way you can it? go, whatever way you want. My to go fondness with. of him, I'd say maybe t- number two. Okay. Um, he does leave the club. He leaves in January two thousand and ten. Um, during that transfer 11. window, it's the one eleven. Sorry, uh, is it is it eleven? January 11, yeah, it's gone from the sorry, 10, 10 11, 11 season, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, and at the time, uh, Daglish is in charge. He, he scores away at Blackpool in a defeat, and he scores away at Wolves. I think that's his last goal for Liverpool. Yeah. He actually scores, you know, he, he, he's, he was still, playing well. He's still scoring goals. He's still scoring goals. And, you know, it comes out then that Chelsea are in from for 50 million quid, which at the time was astronomical money. But, yeah. you know, there's been a lot said about his departure. You know, he he has spoken. I think uh, Simon News has done a book on it, and has, there's a chapter dedicated to it. And it's a really interesting read for people. Basically, Torres gives his side of the story, but Keith, the club is in fucking bits. Like, let's be honest yeah. about it. And it, it it's not like we're bringing Suarez in. I think we're bringing mm-hmm. the Suarez con- or transfer forward six months. Um, yeah. to try to get something done. But when you see when you see them, they're selling Torres to Chelsea for fifty million. They're signing Andy Carroll for thirty five, and you know it, it's all sorts of messings kind of going on. The club is in bits. Is it another case of Torres just looking going? This is just not right. What's yeah. I like? All right, Daglish, you know, Daglish is there now, but this is just not right. That that's a that's you know that's a plaster on uh, putting a plaster on something until until the summer possibly and. Everything's going downhill here. I'm not happy, and or is it a case of him just looking going? Well, there's a better side, and I feel like I can win trophies on America here. And the loyalty was, oh. was 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 not not to be seen. I don't know. I think yeah, it was a bit of both. Maybe I think there was a build up of shit that has happened up to that point. I think um, like Rafa had been moved on. We had Hodgson for the first few months of that season. <laughs> we were abysmal. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was all going wrong. Rafa's last season, Hodgson's half a season. Kenny comes in, but I think the decision's already made by Torres that he wants out. You know what I mean? He, he mm. doesn't want it to go the way it goes, but he, he has to get out of there. It's it's a sinking ship again. This is even worse than as Matt said. This is worse than the Sterling time as well. Like this is proper Hicks and Gillette people bleeding. Running a muck in the in the crowd, you know, not going to games or walking out and protests all over the place. You know, this was this was the pits, and I think he made his mind up. And I think the club are a bit, I don't know, maybe stupid that they they didn't do it sooner, not sooner, but it was left so late in the window. If they knew we wanted out, and by all accounts, they knew we wanted out. He wasn't happy whatever was going on wasn't going to get fixed and the fact that was left and Andy Carroll was the man to replace him mm. was just it took me a while to get over that <laughs> not the Torres leaving the, the Andy Carroll thing I couldn't wait till we broke got that news from around our neck with Andy Carroll being our record signing do you know what I mean and the yeah. more players we signed for over 35 million the the 
fucking four that he goes down the list yeah yeah because that was a dark dark day I mean we bought Suarez but you couldn't enjoy Suarez because he was serving a band one of many bands for Boynton we we got Carol who then was bleeding injured because he fell off a casino chair or something up in Newcastle you know yeah Alarm bells all out. Had to be bleeding, dragged onto a helicopter at the sign for us and all. Yeah, it wasn't good. Alarm bells all over that one. Yeah. Uh, Stephen O'Connor said the saddest moment for me was when he was made it known he wanted to leave and was training in Melbourne by himself in the pissing down rain from hero to zero. On Fernando Torres, though, um, Ma, love him, hate him, and would you have him in this side now? At his peak, obviously. No. So, uh, Sterling, I would. Torres, I wouldn't. I don't think he suits it. Um, as, as great as a player he is, at the point we're at now, the team is greater than any player. Mm. And you've got to be able to play to the team's uh, strengths. And he doesn't. He, he, he wouldn't He wouldn't chase people down. Um, he wouldn't drop deep like, like we need him. He, he doesn't fit. So no, I wouldn't take him back. I would, I would love to hate him. But I don't. Mm, okay. Uh, Chris says, since Torres left, has there been a bigger fall in a player's level? In in hindsight, we saw him at the right time as he never replicated his LFC level. Didn't feel like it at the time, though. Keith? When he we, won a league and a Champions League and you wave a cup and all when he left us, you know what I mean? He, so he did, he did, but he never looked the same player. And I think that's no. because we built a side around him under Rafa. Yeah. And then we tried to change it under different managers and it just wasn't wasn't right. And he went into Chelsea as just another body, didn't he? In yeah. the changing room of he, big characters. Yeah. Um it, it it's it's one of those that for me, before I get Keith's thing uh opinion on it, for me what do I blame him? I think I think it's a very, very mixed bag when it comes to this one. You know, could he have shown a bit more loyalty to someone like that leash to see if you could get him to the end of the season, and and Daglish, of course, gets a gets a contract for another season, could he have stayed there? Was he right physically? We don't know. Was he right mentally? Probably not. Um, we got good money. Going to Chelsea was the bit that hurt. He could have could he have went somewhere else and not have to play against Liverpool and shown that little bit of loyalty in that way? Maybe so. I don't hate him. I think over time. The more information that's come out about Fernando Torres and his leaving at Liverpool and his words about Liverpool since he's left, I think I don't think I hate him. Would I have him back? Um, yes, I would. Would he start in our best eleven? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit with Matt on that because he is an off-the-shoulder striker that will probably get in the way of the other two lads that are trying to do it from Wyatt. But would you have him in your squad tomorrow? At his peak, I think I absolutely would. Keith, for you, what way would you go? Oh, I love him. Absolutely love him. I think, would I have him in the squad? Ah, I don't know. I agree with Matt. I don't think he suits us. So I think it, physically, you're looking at Divock Origi and as a similarity, but even he has to play out in the wing. Do you know what I mean? I mm. think as a centre-forward, what Klopp wants isn't what Torres had. Mm. So I don't think he would fit our team. He, and as Matt said, he's not adaptable enough to drop deep and play you know, behind as Bobby does, he's not able to play a wide for periods. Well, he would have drifted out there at times. It was always just to find that yard of space and get the shots away. It wasn't doing a stint out there. So yeah, I love him absolutely. Adore Fernando Torres, but I wouldn't have him in the team now. Okay. Now, Kelsey says, "Good evening, Gav. All good here in Crumlin. May and the family are well, and hope you are okay. I am Noel. It's great to hear from you, and I hope you are all okay as well." Um. Moving on to the last player, and it is, it's the big one for me. It's Luis Suarez. Suarez arrives, of course, probably, as Kevin Sullivan said there a little minute ago, uh, probably believing he was going to play with Fernando Torres. He turns up and Andy Carroll's falling off a helicopter to play with him. Um, he comes with a checker pass. Of course, he is banned for biting and, and all sorts of messing goes on. He, if you look at the incidents with Ivanovic, he, he, Pulls uh, is a Fabio's hair off United just reason by the hair one day just for the crack uh, on, just before he leaves Liverpool he's biting an Italian defender on the neck um, while pretending to go for a header he was an absolute madman but he arrives Matt I suppose when he arrives people are like oh, I, when he arrives for me I'm kind of going yeah done decent in Holland don't know too much about him but let's see he seems a bit of a madman and I like that w- what was your first thoughts when he, when he signs 
Uh, same thing, I didn't know too much about him, but his YouTube videos were very good, so I was all in. Um, like I don't know. It, <laughs> like Carrius. Yeah. Uh, it's one of them. He arrived during a period where everything's kind of unhappy, and it kind of went under the radar for me. I was still... I, I was mourning Torres at the time, so I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have enough heart for for a new love here. Mm. Uh, but a few games in, he didn't really hit the ground running, did he? Either? His first season wasn't too good. No, we hit the bar uh, in the post about eighty times, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, between was fair, between was January half season, yeah, between yeah. January that, that was... between January two thousand eleven yeah. and May two thousand and thirteen. He must have hit the post and barber a hundred times. Now, in the first half season, he was okay. He improves in the second season. Um, yeah, don't is, get me wrong. Yeah, uh, like I liked him. You could see he had something. He had that spark. Mm. He, he was he was good. He was better than fucking Carroll. Yeah. Um, I, I just we'd we'd all miss this out and out striker, and now we've got this lad who's coming deep and getting the ball and doing all kind of all the tricks, which is fine. We the type of player we have at Liverpool is great, but. He just wasn't getting the goals, and that—that's—that's that's what you need to be loved at Liverpool. But then, soon as he soon as he started, he, he just didn't stop. Yeah, he was. Listen, we, we can we can go we can go through a season by season if you want, Keith. But the one the one you have to talk about with Suarez is thirteen fourteen. Now he is banned going into thirteen fourteen because um, basically he's, he's a bit, fucking mentalist. Yeah, he's bitten uh, Ivanovic in the lead up to a a, a storage equaliser, isn't it? He bites him in the lead up to the equaliser. Yes. I think the ball is cleared. Ivanovic is having a breakdown and Sturridge scores at the back post. But 13-14 is the season. Like, there's no doubt about it. But but just before that, he wants to leave Liverpool. He wants yeah. to go. He does a big interview, I think it might be in the Daily Mail. Um, I think it was the Daily Mail, where he felt he was being held prisoner by Liverpool because Arsenal had thrown in a £40 million and £1 uh, bid because yeah. they were under the belief that he could leave for £40 million. Quid. Um, so... He arrives, he does okay, he does better, he bites a fella, he tries to leave, and you're thinking, he's never playing for Liverpool again, Keith, in the lead of the 14 14. You're thinking he won't go to Arsenal because FSG are like, what are they smoking? Which is one of the most, yeah. the best ever lines ever. But you're thinking, he'd be gone in January. You know, they'll have to get rid here because player power, I suppose. Yeah, you thought that. And um, it was a, it, that actually was a great show of strength by FSG because I don't know, it was. Swear Suarez, his agent was Pep Guardiola's, but it wasn't it Per Per Guardiola was his agent, and they obviously were telling Arsenal, "Look, there's a buyout clause. Trigger that, and he's yours." And FSG are like, "We don't give a bollocks what's in that. You're not going." So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what way it was a whether it was a clause or whether it wasn't. They went, and it was an absolute amazing <laughs> show of strength by John Henry. What he's smoking over there, yeah. you know, ridiculously treated them with the disdain they deserved. I loved every minute of that. Yeah, that was oh, fucking beautiful. That one. Oh, it was. It was great, magical time, and it was. But it was one of them that you knew. It, we, Suarez and Liverpool. It was the ultimate stepping stone. It was. The, there was never any. Um, his end game was always Barcelona. I think. Um, when you hear, I think his wife was from Barcelona. Well, funny. I think in. I think in the interview he does, he talks about playing for Real Madrid. Yeah, well, and then the well. Arsenal bid comes in, and John Henry, and I think that's the day that everything flips for FSG at Liverpool when they come out yeah. and go, "Listen, you Arsenal, who the fuck are you? You won't bully us, you know? Who yeah. do you think you are um, compared to to us, Liverpool football?" I agree, yeah. You know, I think that could have been the turning point but, for them. Um, but, but Keith, when you look at it and you think, you know, a lot of people are thinking this is this isn't going to end well. He's going to get a move to to Spain or whatever. Yeah, and he's under a ban. I think he misses the first six league games of the season. But then he just comes back, Keith, and he decides I'm the best player in the world, and I go to sh- I don't need 38 games. I just 20, yeah. 20 or 30 will do me, or 32 games will do me, and I'll just go for it. And I'm just—he was off the fucking charts for that season. He was mad. Yeah, he was. He was ridiculous. I mean, all I'm gonna say, and I'll get lashed over for this. He's the best player Liverpool to ever play for Liverpool. Not Liverpool's best ever player, the best player to play for Liverpool. He wasn't there very long, but the genius of him, and he was a bastard as well. Make no mistake, like he's an absolute shite bag. And sometimes we gloss over the whole racism thing, wherever we shouldn't, but we we do. We always forget about that. 
the shithousery for Uruguay in the World Cup when he handled the ball on the line when Ghana thought they were going through. Like, absolute will to win in this little bastard was unreal, was unmatched, unrivaled mm. by anyone I've ever seen. Mm. And to me, he was just, oh, Luis Suarez was just amazing and has been since he left us as well. Mm. You know, he's, he's not like he, he's, this isn't Torres. We milked the, the good years album. We were a stepping stone for him to get. Uh, maybe a writer's dream, maybe his wife is Spanish. Maybe it wasn't always Barcelona, but it was to get to Spain, you know, yeah. to get to one of them big Spanish teams. <clears throat> yeah. But 13 14, yeah, 31 goals in the league in 33 games, like scandalous, yeah. absolutely outrageous. It was ridiculous, Matt. When you think back at the memories of 13 14, you know, like he's captain away at Spurs when he bashed them 5 0, and he's just unbelievable. He's, you know, he, he hits that volley against Arsenal that if it goes in, I think it's the best goal you've ever seen. Um, yes. he's scoring, he's scoring headers from outside the box. He's scoring, Did you remember that he killed a header. Yeah, he called a header against West Brom. Yeah, yeah. Um, from outside the box into the top corner. Outside of his head. <laughs> top corner. You scores, don't see many of them. No, and he's, he scores a hat-trick away at Cardiff where he is last when he's true on goal and he just keeps dummying the ball until the keeper falls on his on his arse and puts it in. He, the four at Norwich. He, yeah, the, oh. the, well, the hat against Norwich is or four. He gets four, but he... the, the, the the goals he scores that night at the cop end are just outrageous. He's he's terrorizing teams, and then you know he 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 adds to his game where he's just decided I'm just going to start flicking the ball at fellas' hands and claiming for penalties instead of going <laughs> down under tackles. He was absolute Matt, he, he was an absolute wanker to play against. I'd say he was a genius at what he done. He had a will to win like nothing else. And like he's remember he scores the header at Goodison and or the goal at Goodison and dives in front of Moyes. Yeah. He was just that. he was he was a genius a man, but he was an, he was an absolute lunatic at the same time, and people just loved him for it. Yeah, he was an absolute cunt, but he was our cunt. Yeah, and that's yeah. why that's why we loved him, and that's why we did wrongfully gloss over the racism shit, um, the other stuff. It's, that season could perhaps have been the best season of a Liverpool player. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. That I, in my time, I, I, my lifetime of supporting Liverpool, I think maybe Salah had a very, very close season as well, 17-18, yeah. which was absolutely mental at the time. Mm. Um, but whereas Salah, I thought, was more part of a team, Suarez yeah. dragged the team up to his level. Yeah. And, then, and that's the only reason we made a title challenge that year was because of what he did mm. and what he demanded of the team. Right. You see, it, <laughs> someone makes one wrong pass during, uh, during a bit of build-up and he's lashing the lad out, out of there. Yeah. He's all over him. There's none of that anymore. Yeah, Because we are a team. Yeah. Back then, the best players, him and Gerard, they they shouted until everyone got in, in, into doing what they needed them to do. Yeah. He was he, he was an absolute lunatic. And, but watching him play... You just like he scores that one against um he scores that one against Norwich where he flicks it over Leroy Fair and hits yeah. her on the half volley and he runs away with his head in his own hands as if to say that isn't even real. You know, mm. what what's going on here? You know, he's he's jumping into tackles, he's he's bashing off people, he he's taking the piss out of people, he's nutmegging fellas like for no reason. He dribbled with it the ball hitting off his shins. He used to he yeah. used to hit it off defenders, so it bounced back to him. He was playing one twos with defenders. That's what he was doing, you know. Um, just watching him, it was just it was genius. That's all it was. But the will to win was just second to none. He chased everything. He chased you down. He threw an eye. He tackled in. He'd, he'd he'd be snide about it. He'd, he'd throw an elbow in. He'd leave a he'd leave a foot in. He'd, he'd listen. There was nobody out there going. Well, look, if I just stand off him. I can, he can do this if I can just stand off, you know, or if I get tied to him. He had the whole fucking lot. And like you were saying, he dragged players up to his level. He absolutely did. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that he has a massive effect on Sturridge in 13 14. He's a massive effect in, in Sterling. I think he has a huge effect on Gerrard, who at the yeah. time is playing this quarterback role, as he called it. And I think the belief in Gerrard was probably, I want to be a bit further forward. And then he looked and went, but that fella's up there, he'll just do it anyway. He he comes back off the ban and away at Sunderland and they're all howling abuse from him and he's just like, he don't give a fuck what you think. And he just scores goals. Just goes and scores. I, I think he gets he might get two that day. Or if he doesn't he sets one he 
scores one and sets one up in that mad weird purple jersey that we had that with the socks that didn't match yeah. and all that messing. But he was just he's do you know what it is? He's he's probably the hardest player to explain. If somebody said to you, explain yeah. Luis Suarez. What's a Luis Suarez? Yeah. What is it? Mad, he's so hard. There's so much to, to explain about the fella and to try get through. He was just, he was, he was outrageous. But look, 13, 14 ends, the title, you could see what it meant to him at Crystal Palace away. He was very, very upset yeah. over it because I do believe that he thought, I will drag this team to this title because, you know, and in fairness, his form dipped towards the end of that season because he put so much in. in the, even though he was missing for four or five games, wherever it was at the start of the season, he put so much in game after game after game that I think his form dropped a little bit. And fair enough, that's allowed. But he was so upset about it. And then the whole thing about him leaving. You know, people are saying here, if he hadn't a bit, was it Chiellini a bit? Killing, yeah. yeah, if he yeah. hadn't bit him, we would have had a bidding war between Madrid and Barcelona, and we could have got a record yeah. fee from him. He was worth way more than than Gareth Bale. Yeah. You know, we, you know, backing him what about did we the get sixty five million or something? somewhere along that seventy five. But I think it might have been only a certain amount up front. Um, <clears throat> it was just it, it. was this one hurt me when he was leaving. I'm being honest with you because I just thought he's at, he's in his prime. You know, just one more. Just give us one more season. That's what I felt. But, but is he the worst? The way he left out with the three of these, Matt. Because all right, Sterling is going on about the, the the money thing is thrown at Sterling. Torres, you know, did he show much loyalty? But this is a guy that tried to leave for Arsenal, tried to leave for Real Madrid, doing paper interviews and in the press and stuff like that, and then goes and does this after us backing him against Ever, backing him against Ivanovic, and then he goes and does this, and he knows he's when he does this, he knows, Matt. Like Liverpool aren't taking me back a tour time for doing for this mess because he was probably going. He ended up with a twelve match ban, I think. After this, was he the worst of a lot of them? The way he, he left, man. The the difference is, I think the reason it's quietly accepted that how uh, Suarez left us is because that Suarez he, he's he's a fucking dickhead. Mm. Like he's a dickhead player. He was going to leave in a dickhead way, so it was kind of expected. It wasn't like it wasn't like staring, like where, where the fuck's this come from? Mm. It's yeah. he, he's a dickhead. If he's going to go, he's going to go. Mm. He, he's just that's that's the type of player he is. You hold him down, you make you say, right, you're still here. Put him on a pitch, and he'll give you the same performance as he did the season before. Yeah, he's he's that type of player. So mm. the reason is kind of when he comes back, he's still revered a little bit, is because that's what that's just Suarez like. Mm. One of the things that I find mad was when we played Barca last season and he celebrates scoring against us and all the fans are going mad. All the fans are going mad. Oh, I can't believe he done that. This fella would kick his fucking granny to get to a ball yeah. and would laugh and shout in our face over doing it. Mm. Like, he is just the absolute... I've never seen anything like him. He's the definition I mean? of a winner for me. Yeah, he you is. Know, you know, he's he, the Sergio Ramos type of bastard, isn't he? You yeah. know, he, but when he, people he want about plug your life support machine, the charge is found. Yeah, when people go on about is. when people go on about um, Roy Keane being a born winner, Roy Keane had standards and he wouldn't let them drop, and he went out and he would do whatever it took to win a game of football. Luis Suarez was exactly the same, and if that meant scoring three, fine. If that meant injuring a centre half, so he had to go off, and you know. Fine. If that's handling the ball on the line just to, to give give them a chance to save a penalty, i.e. 2010, absolutely fine. It did not matter to him what he done, what was going on at home, what was going on in the dressing room, around the club, his personal life, and it didn't matter. Once he crossed that line, he was winning that game of Pure football or he was doing anything he needed to to win it. He was ruthless in the way he, he went on. But quickly to finish, lads, um, Ma, love him, hate him. Would you have him back? Uh, I think at his age. No, I mean in his prime. Prime Luis Suarez in this side. Would you have? Him? Right, even in even at his prime, in, in his at his age, I'd have him back. It'd be the perfect replacement for my Bobby Firmino. Mm. Perfect replacement. Um, <clears throat> he does everything you need to do and scores more. Um, mm. So, if he was this age now and he hadn't come off the bench. Great, perfect. If he's going to be in his prime and playing, then maybe he replaces Bobby up there. Okay. Um, and you love but, him. I know. But would he 
would he interfere with the dynamic of a team? Maybe having better players around him, he would settle down like he has at, at um, Barcelona, so it wouldn't mm. be much of an issue. Yeah. Saying all that, he's a dickhead. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, is he a dickhead? Do you hate him? And would you have a, a prime Luis <clears throat> Suarez back? He's a dickhead. I fucking love him. And I'd have him back now. Now I'm my prime Luis Suarez. I think now Luis Suarez as a backup to Firmino would be amazing. But he wouldn't do that, you know what I mean? Because he's an absolute shy and you think he'd be... He'd have to be in the team. Do you know what I mean? He's just outrageous. I'd have him in a fucking harpy. Mm. Like, he's got 411 career goals in 600 games. He's, he's gone on. He's done great since he left us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this isn't uh, a Torres job, this mm. fella. I can't think of Luis Suarez. Every time someone mentions Luis Suarez, I hear, like, the Sex Pistols come into my head. You know, rock music, punk music. It's just mm. chaos with him. Everything about him is just chaos. Love him. Have him back like a light. Once love... he doesn't do the biting or the racism, then I'm good with that. Well, he seems to have knocked her on the head. Right. He seems to have knocked her on the head since he left us. Um, yeah. But as as a player, I adore him. I just thought, you know, when the chips are down, Suarez will turn up. It doesn't matter where it is. All this Stoke on a Tuesday night. He loved Stoke on a Tuesday night. He loved going yeah. over there and just lamping mm-hmm. them around the pitch. Um, I adore him as a player. He's a genius. He's up there with the best I've ever seen play for Liverpool. Um, is he the best I've ever seen play for Liverpool? No. But he's up there. He's genuinely up there. Um, I think it's interesting on Suarez because the way he left for me and the way it went on, not only in that summer of 14, but probably the summer of 2013 as well. It's probably worse than Sterling, Dan oh, Torres, yeah. and then Coutinho that we may talk the about. The worst of the lot. Um, oh, I think it probably is. He's, held, he's revered because of what he was, which was just a phenomenal player that anybody went to watch him just walked away from the ground most of the time thinking, what is that? What even is that, what he's doing? Um, would I have him back in his prime? Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. I think Bobby Firmino is a brilliant, brilliant footballer, but he's nowhere near on the level that, that Luis Suarez in his prime is on, and that's just my opinion. Um, Suarez said everything. He could drop <coughs> deep, he could play football, he could move left, he could move right, he could be in the box. He could, he had a lot. He had the absolute lot. He was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I think he, he definitely would be back in his prime for me. I'd still love him. I still watch him now and, and love him the way he plays, the way he does things. But I still think if you're ever comparing um, or giving out about the way a player has left Liverpool Football Club, I think you need to look and think to yourself, I still love Luis Suarez and look at how he went about leaving Liverpool Football yeah. Club. Not once, but twice. So uh, I think... I agree. I think when, the worst when, of the when lot you're, when, you're, when, when you're taking the, the, how players exit Liverpool, I think you should always take into consideration Luis Suarez and the way and how you feel about him before you make uh, your decision on that. Matt, well, see, the thing about him is, I think, yeah. I, before we finish up, I think with Suarez, when he done that, it was always expected. It never surprised you. No. Sterling was a young fella who was badly advised and done it. Coutinho, you knew, wasn't. It's Barcelona were in his ear. Listen, do this and you'll get out of there. Yeah. Gerard Jim was the agent. Right, we'll get you out of there if you do this. You knew it wasn't Coutinho driving that. Mm. It wasn't Sterling driving his exit. Suarez you knew was a slaving little fucker and he'd do that <laughs> yeah. and he would do it again if he came back to us and he got an offer to go somewhere else he would do it again yeah. do you know what I mean Like, not, but not you know that when you're getting with it not you know what you're getting with him you absolutely do it's been a deadly show I enjoyed this one um, we'll do it again um, our love hate program and we'll have a look at three more players probably sometime next week uh, with regards to shows over the next couple of days we'll see what we can do that's all we're doing at the minute we, we're seeing what we can do as the days and weeks go on and this COVID-19 is acting the maggot Matt it's been an absolute pleasure you get back to those bottles of wine cheers mate speak to you soon talk to you in a bit Keith it's been a pleasure as always and you get back to those cans Pleasure as always, Gav. Take it easy. Good luck. That's been the Fatback 4 Daily for tonight, Thursday. It's been an absolute pleasure. The comments have been great. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell icon, uh, all that messing. Hit the like button. That's meant to be very important as well. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, stay home, be good. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.